Some administrative notes uh, before we begin the episode. For episode 94, we had a lot of Skype trouble that day, and it seems like it has been wiped from humanity on my hard drive and on Twitch as well. Um, considering we ended up dropping in out of Skype maybe six times. If you were trying to watch on Twitch, I do apologize. Uh, eventually we just went off Twitch and tried to record ourselves, but none of that seems to have taken. So, uh, something about episode 94 has been eradicated from the universe. Basically, Tinzian is recapping this in episode 95, uh, and he does it pretty well. So I'm not going to go into extreme detail here because he handles that very well. Uh, so this is episode 95. We're going to just let 94 be a forever unnamed number, like the number 13 in hotels. And uh, we'll just skip right to 95. So hopefully you will enjoy this. And this is just a reminder that uh, Death Before Dishonor is sponsored entirely by you, the listener. So if you're enjoying these episodes and you'd like to contribute to the upkeep of the site and various things, you can go to deathdeforedishonor.com and there are various contribution buttons to the right. We definitely appreciate that. And we also appreciate your iTunes reviews. Also, we have some exciting news. Holdtheline.com or HTL, which you may remember from Mass Effect 3, uh, there's some controversy with the ending of that, and there was an entire community formed called Hold the Line. They are now advocates for gamers uh, in the industry and put out a lot of really neat information on what's upcoming, um, just just cool gaming stuff. They are going to be streaming our uh, our Death Before Dishonor episodes live on their site and also just putting news up from us as well. So I am really thankful to hold the line and excited about our affiliation that's happening right now. Also, uh, there is a, I want to call it a campaign going on from hold the line where you can record a short video telling about yourself as a gamer. The concept is to challenge the stereotype of gamers as men uh, of a certain age, you know, the 30, 20 to 30 year old living in their basement kind of scenario, and to prove that gamers come in all shapes and sizes, education and interests. So if you would like to do that, there are details on holdtheline.com. You can go to YouTube and record yourself a little video, uh, make sure that you hashtag it um, and such, but the information for that is on Hold the Line. So I encourage you to do that. I'm planning to do it myself just to challenge that stereotype and definitely could use some people from the role-playing side to do so. So there's the information that you may have missed. We encourage you to join us on Twitch at 10.30 Eastern Time on uh, twitchtv.com slash Genesee and watch us record live, which is also really fun. So here we go to episode 95. Hope you enjoy it. And this is our special Valentine's episode. A Valentine's wish to all of you. And thank you for being listeners. And this is Death Before Dishonor. I'm Genesee. My character is Zanatari. She's a good aligned Kalishtar war priest. I'm Daniel. This symbol is renowned for being associated with the Rod of Orcus, the artifact that I'm after. I'm Eric. My, my name is, is Cesar. I was a, a slave worker for the uh, undead armies of Thay for 75 years. I'm Dave. My name is Sabreanaya Estalia. You can call me Spray. I'm an agent of the Eladrin High Council. And I'm Tinzian. Shall we start this over again? <laughs> One of the beauties of D&D. Can't end the story. Goes anywhere you want it. Welcome to the show. I'm Genesee. I'm Eric. 
I'm Daniel. I'm Dave. And I'm Tinzian. And this is Death Before Dishonor. Today is Friday, February 8th, and this is episode 95 in a weekly series following a group of friends playing Dungeons and Dragons, hosted by the Gray Area Podcast. Now we had some Skype issues last week, as you may re- recall, so I'm going to let Tinzian uh, refresh us on what's going on. So, Dungeon Master, you are a go. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the episode. And uh, I'd like to welcome the Hold the Line people that uh, hopefully should be joining in and listening to these episodes from here on out. Due to the problems with Skype last week, um, the episode that is going to be released this coming Monday may be quite the cluster. It may or may not be. So <laughs> I'd like to go back and uh, add a bit more description, and then I'll pick up where we tried to leave off. The party was still in their cave, um, having the rest period. There was actions and activities that the party wanted to do that were not covered during the course of the regular episodes. So I sort of swung back last week uh, to take those into account. Xanatari has discovered that the ring that was uh, lifted from the uh, dead giant out in the moors was actually a ring of protection and also it appears to have some other abilities one being um, she wanted to feel safe Xanatari in this case had thoughts of wanting to feel safe and protected in this area and there was a shimmer that erupted out of the ring and there now appears to be some sort of barrier that extends down the passageway that Thorn was guarding and uh, appears to have gone out past where Fluffy is into the main corridor. In addition, Thorn has been doing some jewelry work, uh, rough jewelry work, but uh, still doing some arts and crafts and constructing an item. What the purpose of that is, is, is yet undetermined. Cesar is still uh, in the cave and is working on attempting to modify Xanatari's sword to add additional lightning capability based on an item she pulled from uh, Razor's body or chassis. Sabre is sitting up against the wall uh, basically cleaning weapons and started to get into an initial dialogue with Xanatari, but Xanatari has been pulled away by Thorn. I think that covers the general overview, and where I'd like to pick up is, and I'll set the scene here, Thorn has uh, grabbed Xanatari's hand because they both went down to explore the uh, shimmering uh, wall of energy that is uh, down one of the passageways, and Thorn has pushed, or pulled in this case, Xanatari through the energy field partially. Uh, where we pick up is to someone coming down the passageway from the opposite direction of Xanatari and Thorn. It would look like Xanatari and Thorn have their heads, maybe an arm, part of their torso, um, sticking out of a solid rock wall. Um, Thorn, let's pick up with you uh, to start with this time. Okay. So, I guess, um, having hold of Genesis, or uh, should I say Zanatari's hand, uh, I would, you know, forge through this 
con is it like a concave barrier? No, the other way around. What's the other one? Concave. Convex. Yeah. Convex. That that mathematical term. How does it work? <laughs> um, it vexes and you. I, it vexes me. Um, and I would basically continue to step through the. I guess it's like a membrane or uh, barrier. Um, do we feel any force going through the barrier? Like, is there any resistance or none at all? None at all. Okay, so I guess we we step through, and uh, what what do we see? Uh, turning around, it would look like there's been um, maybe a couple of rocks dropped or a rock fall at the end of this passageway. Uh, you see a smooth rock surface, otherwise um, in the back wall. So it sort of slopes down and looks like a completely dead-end passageway. Uh, you're in human form currently, correct? That's correct, yeah. Do you have the enhanced uh, smell in human form or not? Um, well, kind of, um, given that I leveled up the other night. Okay. I am what they call a Crimson Hunter. Um, so I have the ability to... Um, Thorn? Okay, back again. Thorn, you mentioned that uh, you're a Crimson Hunter. Would you explain what that means, and then I will move forward? Sure. Um, so basically what a Crimson Hunter means is that um, I'm more in tune with the spirit world as a seeker um, and in essence this then sort of reflects in my um, personal appearance so um, I guess uh, my shifter side of things is a little bit more um, prominent so uh, again it's, it's going from being a very hairy human to um, good god is that the, the Sasquatch type <laughs> hairy so, uh, um. <laughs> I, I, so I, I look a little bit more, more. Uh, I'm closer to my 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 big form, my base bestial form. Okay. Then, um. as you pass through, you will note that uh, you do not smell Cesar on this side or Sabre. Fuck you. Or even fluffy. <laughs> I sigh with relief. I'm like, whew. What are you trying to say? No old man smell. That thing oh. is really strong. Oh. That, that cabbage, I'll tell you, it gets you off for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Sabri probably smells like cupcakes. She's like rainbows and cupcakes. <laughs> so delicious. That smells like Living brimstone fist. Brimstone? Yeah. Brimstone nice. fist. Okay. Uh-huh. So, um, um, yeah. To you, it looks like it's a completely solid rock wall. Mm-hmm. And Atari? Uh, well, completely startled that he grabbed my hand and shoved me through a giant barrier. Uh, yeah, I think last time I had said that I don't, what I don't want to do is be stuck halfway in and halfway out. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that would be disturbing. So, I would continue to step through since we're falling forward and go all the way through. Okay. Uh, to you, same thing. Looks like a completely normal end of a passageway. Someone 
managed to get a get a passageway, gave up at this point, left. Nothing to see. Okay. Okay, I would turn towards Thorn, uh, shove him gently on the chest, and go, What were you thinking? Uh, exploration. Yes. Thinking exploration. (laughs) Uh, at this point I have no weapon. And I am completely at the protective mercies of Thorn, and this disturbs me. So I would start to crackle with lightning uh, in my anxiousness and, uh, and rage at, at this unexpected difficulty. Are you extremely loud in your rage? Well, I'm yelling at him. Okay. Um, let's see. Cesar? Uh-huh. Would you roll a 1d6, please? Of course. I roll a 2. Okay. Sanitari, for the moment, nothing seems to join your conversation. <laughs> That's good. Okay. <laughs> However, um, Cesar and Sabre, on your end, you see them standing there in the hallway... If you decide to get up and look, I know probably Sabre's not really going to be able to see this, but you hear yelling from Xanatari and Thorn down the passageway. Mm-hmm. Ezra, I think you're more in line that you, you might see, like, maybe the top of a head or something. Um, okay. But you see them down just having a... Uh, a normal, old... regular old Xanatari-Thorn argument. Yes. Uh, but you did you did notice that there was a brief not flash but shimmer. The shimmer got stronger on the uh, field when they passed through. Okay. Hmm. Zanatari, um, do you want to RP out the yelling at him at all, or do you have anything else before I move on? Well, I think I would be gesturing at him at this point. You know, trying to do the whole uh, static electricity shock as I poke my finger into him repeatedly until he's against the wall. Um, you know, listing the number of reasons why this is foolish and uh, also that, you know, we could be trapped in a, a dead-end corridor. Uh, while I'm doing that, I'm kind of looking out of the corner of my eye, assessing this this barrier from our side. Um, and before I go too far on Thorn, uh, I want to test the barrier and see if it's purely illusion or if we are actually locked out of where we left. Okay. By the way, do you have Bert out? Uh, Bert's with me, but yeah, I mean, I think he would be. We're awake and it's dark. Okay. Um, Bert appears to be casting all the right shadows um, in terms of this rock face. My thorn, you look so attractive in shadow form. What does that mean? Um, it basically means that the light that falls against this illusionary rock face, mm-hmm. it looks... Right, the the rocks that are on there ah, are patched okay. the proper. Okay, okay. So I'm I'm more assured at the fact that this is actually a real rock face. Is what you're saying? Yes. Um. But you just kind of want to stick your finger, poke, poke it. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, I think as I'm I'm poking Thorn, I'll reach out my other hand and, and just touch the wall and see if I can uh, feel it. Okay. Um. Your finger passes through the rock wall. Okay. Then I would stop midward. Look at him, turn, and stride through the wall. Okay. Porn? Uh, yep. You have been poked. Many times. And then she storms off. Anything? 
started to poke war with you. <laughs> well, <laughs> Lex's status. Uh, what I would do is, I'd kind of get grouchy. Like I thought, adventure time. Um, <laughs> let's go. Um, that should be up for it, but obviously not. Um, so uh, I would, as she like passes through the the barrier, and I assume she's out of earshot, snarl a little bit, and I'd like to do a perception check on the surrounding area. Like, is there any alcoves or anything? Does the does it like look like there's a rock wall, but it's actually you know two walls over faced, and there's actually a gap in the middle type of deal. Alright, skills, perception. Oh, by the way, those who are on the inside of the field, uh, mm -hmm. you're hearing things a little bit louder, so your grumble, Thorn, would actually be m more audible than you may have thought hmm. inside the field. Yeah, I I wouldn't know that as Thorn, so hence the hence the snarl. I think she's like, the this barrier blocks out sound, so... Um, Alright, so I rolled uh, 18 plus 16. That's 34. Okay. There. <laughs> Four? <laughs> Math there, is so hard. There's, there's nothing to give you an indication that this is a fake wall or a prop wall. Yep. Um, and there's no other alcoves or niches that you can see niches um, within your general area. So if, right. if, you were, if you were tooling down this passageway for what you can see um, in this general area, there's dead end. Okay. Um, I guess I'd, I might as well try and go back through the barrier then. Okay. Uh, you pass right through the barrier. Okay. Um, let's turn for a moment to Cesar. Mm -hmm. You're tinkering. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. <laughs> I love how you guys are completely oblivious. You're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty focused. It's <laughs> more what it is. I've given, been given a new, new toy, so I'm working on that. And and, and how goes um, how goes the toy? How about it? How goes the toy? Well, if you ask me, it looks pretty damn good. Hey, um, got some uh, activity going on. It was one of the parts was a little too hard to. I was I basically needed three hands, so I whipped up a quick clockwork gadget real quick, and it scurried along and sort of did held it in place while I was doing some uh, some soldering and things like that. Um, and it, it seems to be working well, though it's not, in terms of actually testing it, I'll need Xanatar back out with that, since it's not my forte in swinging a large blade around. Okay. Um, any sort of response to the non apparent non-destructive magic that's going on? Um, might inquire after determine the success or failure of this project, but right now I'm sort of one-track-minded, if you know what I mean. Okay. Are you going to try and get an Atari over, or...? Uh, well, I know she said that she was struck the wall. Is she just heading back over, or did she stop and stand by the barrier? 
I actually stopped once I walked through the barrier and turned around, expecting that Thorn would follow me immediately. Okay. And, you know, when he didn't, I continued to stand there. So, uh, Sedra will stand up and bring, uh, bring the sword over to, to Xanatar and say, uh, oh, uh, here you go. I think this should do the trick. I would examine it to see, uh, you know, exactly how he managed to attach that and, uh, to admire his work. Okay. It's mighty fine work so far, Cesar. Uh, what do you think you've got left to to do on it, or do you want her to try? Why don't you? Yeah, take take a few practice swings. I don't know exactly what the mojo juju you do to to get all that electricity flowing, but uh, see if you can give it a shot. Okay, uh, I I'll would. I'll stand over here. Cesar back. <laughs> I would. How close am I to all this? Mm, you're close enough that if there's a uh, a blast five, then <laughs> she tries to kind of scoot along the wall a little bit to get away. <laughs> Very nonchalantly. <laughs> you don't want your tea warmed? What? Okay. Um. All right. So Zanatari, you have your sword back. Uh, how would you like to go about testing? Okay, I would start to kind of swing it back and forth, just looking at the hilt as I do that and trying to get the difference in weight since this is now attached, mm -hmm. uh, making sure that it's not interfering with, uh, you know, my grip or any of those things. It says they're compensated for the balance, added a little weight to the pommel, so in terms of balance, it should be good. <laughs> nice. Um, so at that point, having been angry recently at Thorn and kind of concerned, to be honest, that he hasn't come back through the barrier yet, uh, I have enough, I guess, static buildup of, of irritation to, uh, you know, maybe do like a, a basic melee, you know, at the rock face, you know, not hitting it hard enough to splinter my blade or anything, but just you know, looking for something to to swing it against. Um, Sabre. Yes. Roll a one d eight and let me know if an eight comes popping up. Five. Okay. Your melee basic attack is fine, and there appears to be no additional complications. Okay. The test. And does this somehow increase the lightning uh, impact, or what? It, what effect does it have on on the casting aspect? Uh, out of character, it's going to be a plus two to damage. Okay. Electrical. But the in character, you're not going to see much in terms of an effect, but the blade will seem to hold a charge a little longer. Okay. Very good. I would turn to Cesar and, uh, you know, hold it, like, hilt up like this and, and just nod to him and say, you know, thank you, this is excellent work, and uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully it will help us to survive slightly longer and just basically praise him for being awesome. Oh, good, good, good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh had a little help from uh, one of my friends here. He holds up his uh, clockwork uh, construction, and as he does, he sort of cocks his head and, and takes a look at it and uh, and uh, sort of has a, a little breakthrough and sort of wanders off back to where he was working, muttering to himself, not really finishing the conversation with Xanatari. <laughs> Great. The fun part is he's soon going to uh, invent the proficiency scroll um, invoice. Uh, yeah, I'm waiting for that section. Yeah. 
I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm, I'm. Go on. Um, I was just gonna say, um, as Sabre's watching her, what is her opinion of her swordsmanship? That it is an entirely different style than your own. This is a. I wouldn't say a novice uh, swordsmistress. There's been some definite training. There's a long. Everyone sort of has a long way to go, but for how Xanatari is holding the blade and um, treating it, there's a lot of training. There, good competency, good proficiency. Good. There's no and friendship her- and magic, though. <laughs> in her mind, is there anything that she could contribute to maybe improving her skill? I think that since um, she's probably holding it a different way, a different style, there could potentially be an exchange of information, but you probably have to find out how um, Xanatari has been trained or by who or by what. Um, She's some sort of... She's definitely not a battle mage. Mm-hmm. What you've gathered so far, so you're leaning that there may be, as far as the electrical ability, doesn't seem to be druidic, maybe there's uh, a, a deity involved, but most clerics that you're aware of are using blunt weapons, this one's using, you know, an actual sword. Okay. Plus, so- there's the, you know, the different, her, her racial may or may not be known to you. Mm-hmm. She'll probably just watch her for a little bit and just file that away for another time. Okay. And uh, going back to something real quick, due to Cesar's very tenacious ability to put things together, I'm not going to impose any sort of future uh, fails on this. (laughs) Great. Each time you hit, you have to roll, and if it's an eight... Um, there may be, if, if something really dramatic happens down the line, maybe there'll, there'll be a chance for it to break, but for general use, I'm not going to impose something. Damn copper. Okay. Uh, let's go to Sabre for the moment. And then there's, I have another piece that needs to come into play from the last episode. Okay. You've kind of are getting an idea of this party of eclectic people has some talents. You're obviously watching uh, Xanatari. Are, are you being very obtuse about the observation, or would this be something that you'd try to fly under Xanatari's radar? No, she'll, <clears throat> she'll probably stop what she's doing while she's going through her motions and watch her, you know, much like She'd observe a trainee or something like that just to see what's going on. Okay. Anything else um, as far as the display of magic within the room? Either the electrical or the shimmering field? No, not right now. Okay. Um, 
pausing for just a moment, uh, there was an Atari, another question that you had been asked before uh, we canceled the last episode. And that was a feeling of um, not wanting to be hungry. And I believe you answered in the affirmative or seemed to give a moment of focus to that feeling, if I recall. Um, I don't know. You were suggesting a bunch of things that I was feeling, and I was sort of, you know, trying to figure out what that was. Um, I thought we had just eaten, like, our travel rations and such, considering we camped the night before. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess, um, sure. (laughs) No, no, it's, I, I, I'm... Girls gotta eat. I'm, I'm asking you, was, was there, for the, for the other questions involved then, what would, besides the protection, what would um, Xanatari be responding to within that um, well, thing? Well, it's rough for her because she is a Kalashtar. She should be outside and in the open spaces. Having this, you know, walls closed around her and not being able to have night vision, uh, Bert, you know, Bert allows her to have some view of things, you know, hovering around her head and things, but, but otherwise I think that she would feel at a disadvantage because we're talking about elves here, we're talking about, you know, Thorn and, and he can see as well, and, you know, I don't know if Cesar can or not, but, uh, you know, she would be feeling a little behind the curve on, on some of that environment. He puts stuff. on his, his giant night vision goggles. Yeah. Has, no, he does. That's how he does. He has low light vision. <laughs> okay. Um, is this something that you would consult with your deity about, or... <laughs> uh, Make me like storm with white eyes so I may fly and see everything. I, I don't I don't think that I would uh, consider, uh, you know, doing that. Like, I, I, you know, I appreciate the lightning aspect of the deity, but I don't think I would take it that they would... He would change my being, you know, for that sake. Um, mostly I shouldn't be down here is my feeling, and... Xantar uh, is getting increasingly irritated with the fact that you know the the environment itself is is very unnatural to her, and the fact that she's not quite sure what we're doing. Okay, um, do you pop off verbally about any of this? Um, yeah, I have questions for uh, the party members, I guess, and we'd had like a beginning preliminary discussion. Um, earlier, just kind of trying to find out, like, the purpose of us being here, and Sabre had answered and said, you know, that this, we're tracking here, and then kind of a vague response about, you know, the, the drow, and how we probably won't make it into the heart of the drow, um, and I guess, you know, knowing Thorne pretty well, knowing Cesar pretty well, um, she would have questions for Sabre because she doesn't know what an Eladrin is or the Eladrin Council, and the fact that he knows so much about the drow is beginning to concern her. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's sitting there at the wall. I, um, I will leave the floor open for Sanitari and whoever else wants to join in on this little. Okay. Um still concerned about Thorn and not forgetting about that, uh, she would walk over to her bedroll, uh, which is next to Sabray, and uh, start to clean the sword, uh, get any kind of, you know, residue off from, from all the, the upgrades, and, uh, and lean against the wall, you know, so that I can speak to Sabray while keeping focus on the barrier. 
and uh, being irritated, I guess I would just look down at her as she's kind of <laughs> doing all her little tasks so perfectly, and uh, and say, "Hey, did you notice uh, your thorn's gone?" Mm, yes, but he seems to be fairly competent. Although, don't tell him I ever said that. Um, <laughs> she would laugh out loud. I think he can take care of himself, but you know, if I do suppose, if he doesn't come back sometime soon, we might want to go find him. Uh, looking around to see if Fluffy's here, what would I notice? Do you want me to roll perception? Um, Fluffy, Fluffy would be outside, um, outside of the cave in, in, in the way that you originally entered the cave room, so you probably have to go outside in order to see where Fluffy's at. Okay, um, I will hold off on that then, and look at Sabray and say, uh, Cesar's near, I would get Cesar's attention to, and say, I think we should, we should have a discussion, you know, we, we talked a little, but... You know, I, I need I need to know what we're doing, and and I would like to hear more about you, Subray. Subray okay. goes. Subray goes. Ah! He's still fiddling with the the clockwork. He has actually a couple of them now that he's created, and he sort of he's sitting cross-legged, and he just sort of shifts around until he's facing them, but keeps looking at his work. Okay. okay. Thorn is going to be coming in at some point in time through the time perspective of his actions and, and stuff so he will come popping in actually he'll be seen down the hallway but he'll come in through the passageway and there'll be a little shimmer deal do you want him to do his thing and then come back to us or how, how do you want to handle that um let's have thorn jump in do his thing and then you guys it's kind of open floor so pick it pick it up as you as you want but thorn you've got the floor for a while okay um so I guess, um, sort of sitting in this little shielded alcove, um, while this is happening, I'd probably take out the, um, the pendant again, um, and uh, attempt to finish it off, um, so, uh, I would sit myself down on the floor against the, the back wall, and, uh, and start to carve, um, this time more precisely using the, the tip of the, the knife um, and having to grip it uh, in, in a strange fashion in order to, to use the end of the knife um, um, using mostly my, my leather gloves to, to stop any of the, the blade uh, cutting my hand though it may be unavoidable um, and I would start to carve into the gem um, the I guess the, the symbol that is associated to uh, Xanatari's um, Deity, uh, the one that she uses on the, the holy symbol. Um, and I just sit there and I, I'd carve, you know, sort of muttering to myself, um, you know, a, a soft snarl every now and again because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm cranky. Um, and once I'd finished, I'd basically look at it nod uh, in appraisal uh, and walk back out of the <laughs> walk back out of the barrier or I would except I don't quite remember where the barrier was 
Um, so I'd have to feel around the walls in order to find find it until my hand sort of went through the wall and sort of like nod to myself and compose myself and then walk through like I knew where it was the entire time, even though there's no one watching me. Um, and I'd walk back to the group, um, seeing that Cesar now has a small army of clockwork minions around him. Um, and like he, he's turning his head from one to another. You know, there are subtle differences that I can't, that I can't perceive, but obviously he, he can because he's got a, like a, a comparison. Uh, uh, you know, he's comparing the two of them. Um, he seems to nod and, you know, make notes and, and, you know, pull a gear out of one and stuff it into another. Um, Sabre is, is, is still doing whatever Sabre does, you know. <laughs> drinking with tiny teacups in her finger <laughs> drinking, drinking tiny teacups. Cleaning her fingernails. <laughs> Changing yeah. her outfits. Polishing a sword and, and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, I see the, the teacup thing there and, and I'm, for some odd reason, I think to myself, I wonder what they taste like. Um, given that they're, they're so thin and delicate, like they could almost be made of like a, like, like sugar or, or something like that, like a, you know, like a candy plating or something like that. It's a lolly. So, um, uh, you know, these, just these really weird thoughts are going through my head and I'm sort of appraising my party as I, as I approach them. And then I, uh, I look at Zanatari who is, you know, visibly annoyed and, I could almost see the sparks like bouncing off the sword as she cleans it, and um, you know her hair is kind of like frizzy because of the static, you know, standing up a little bit, and uh, <laughs> and I would I would grin at how silly it kind of looks um, for someone who's so serious to have like just the little static hairs sitting up, um, and I guess you know. Noting to myself that I could I could be stuck with worse. I uh, I, I sit myself down in the in the circle and uh, not too sure what's going on and and I'd uh, I just sit and listen to to the conversation at hand. Okay, Xanatari. Uh, okay. Pick up with you and again open floor. Pleased to see Thorn back. I would uh, kind of smirk at him, um, and. You know, give him like a saucy look, like shaking my head, and sit there spinning my sword against the floor as I survey the group. Um, I would kind of smile sardonically at Caesar, who's fascinated by his tiny clockwork minions, because I realize I've I've stirred the pot of creativity, and now it will never stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. And trying to be diplomatic, even though she's, you know, really, like, at the end of her patience, uh, I'm trying to ask Sabre, you know, basically, like, uh, what's your relationship to the drow, and why do you know so much? So I would start with the, um, you know, I recall you telling us that you were here searching when you ran into uh, the unfortunate uh, Razor and his creator, uh, can you tell us more about what you're searching for? And this seems very familiar to you. Have you been here before? Well, like I said earlier, um, drow attacks, unfortunately, aren't all that uncommon. Um, however, they're mostly directed at our people 
versus anyone outside like humans or dwarves or things of that nature unless they encroach upon their territory or they're looking for something. So when we first received word, it wasn't, it was unfortunate, but again, it didn't start any conversation. But then when the other details arrived, there was a lot of concern. So as the council is off to do, they picked an agent and sent me for answers. And the question is, is what are the drow trying to accomplish? And what are they looking for? And why? how are they connected to the cult of Orcus? And why are they looking for that artifact? And why are they so outside their normal pattern? Um, as for how I know things about the drow, drow and how I can survive down here, well, this isn't my first time into the Underdark. And with the drow and the Underdark, you either learn things very quickly or this place kills you very quickly. And after a time, you tend to find out how it's best to survive. Um, the problem with the Underdark is, and I deathly hate it down here, is that it's a place of contradictions. You know, even the most beautiful thing down here, and there is beauty in the Underdark, it's hard to find it. It can kill you almost instantly. And sometimes in the darkest shadow is your only salvation. So we've definitely entered a place that we're going to have to be on our guard, and somehow the fates determined that all of us would meet here at this time. And she just kind of shrugs, and like it's just how that should be. What will you do with this knowledge once you determine the purpose of, of the drow and what they're looking for? Well, I suppose that depends on what we find now, doesn't it? I mean, it could either be that there's a way to intercede and stop it here, or it's something I will have to take back to the council for more considerable forces. There are some things we may be able to handle, and there may be some things we can't. Um, I'd like to pipe up. Um, I'd, I'd lean forward intently and, uh, and, and fix Sabre with a, a, a look and ask, what about relics? What relics do the drow have that, that, could, that we could use against them? Uh, is there anything powerful down here that we could take from them to put them at a disadvantage? She cocks her head at you and gives you this almost disgusted stare. And she said, there's nothing that they have that I would even want to touch. I think it's anything that they have carries the taint of loath with it. And nothing good can come from anything they have. So is that a yes? <laughs> right, but... <laughs> yes. She'll lean back a little bit and just look at you and say, they do have powerful items. There's no probably finer art, uh, magic creators in all the realms than that of the drow and the elves. But anything that they touch 
in some form or fashion will always be connected back to her. I think subconsciously I'd put my hand over the pouch containing the, the rings that we collected from the drill, um, nod and, uh, and, and sit back uh, thoughtful about what sort of artifacts they could have. You know, we've already got the, the collar for, for Fluffy and the rings. What else could they possibly have? Um, so I'm going to sit back and think about my next question and, and leave it open. I would turn to Sabray and say, we've seen you do amazing things and you seem like an experienced fighter, but one Aladrin uh, against an entire Underdark seems strange to me. Did they not give you companions or some sort of support on such an important quest? <laughs> she'll chuckle quietly and she's, she'll look back and say, well... Sometimes infiltration is more important than direct action. That's kind of what I had hoped to do when I first came down here, was being able to infiltrate quietly, but again, fates being what they are, I managed to arrive just in time to see Cesar get taken by... Okay, I can't even remember his name now. Krugor. Krugor, that's it. And... Put events in motion, and here we are. Again, like I said, sometimes it's not about taking direct action. It's about finding information and bringing it back. Do you think if we find this information that your people will have the resources to be able to stop them? <laughs> what they do with it, I can't say. It's not my job to think about that far in advance. The council will do what the council will do with it. But as you talk about the power of the Elven Nation behind them, she'll shrug. I would assume it's possible. But you're talking also about a war that's been fought to a stalemate for millennia. Zenitari will chuckle and say there is no subtlety here, and I suspect your, your infiltration route is now spoiled. Why do you stay with us? Well, there's always strength in numbers, and you seem to be considerably skilled, and you are at the heart of these events. Your actions in Winterhaven has led you here. You're going down the same road I'm going. It makes sense. I would then turn to our original party members and say, you know, we started out here to find out what was happening to Winterhaven, why we were being attacked by Drow when we had never seen Drow in that area before. Um, we still don't know the answer to that, but this is obviously much bigger than Winterhaven and much bigger than our sm small party. You know, more specifically to Cesar and Thorn, you know, do you guys want to continue here and and this, this could claim our lives? Well, I, uh, I, I can't help but, uh, but trust sort of the, the direction that, that we gave ourselves. If you recall, we were given the instruction to, to make our way at least into the, uh, the seven-pillared hall, and it, it seems like the, the focus of, of intrigue and concern there was the portal down into the Underdark here. So, uh, I, uh, you know, it wasn't specific, the instruction that we were given, but I, uh, I, 
I don't know. Turn to Thorn. Um, I would sit there and, and look at Xanatari thoughtfully. Um, you know, my my hand sort of under my chin and I would go to say something and then stop um, and then I would go what greater purpose is there than to stop the attacks against an innocent village we were brought here like says I said to the seven pillar hall and then given no f further direction um, you know, even even the the mind flayer didn't really give us anything <laughs> um, specific. So I think uh, we should continue on our direction. There is a lot more down here that we are uh, there that we can explore and and find. Um, though we should probably take greater caution to conceal ourselves now than we did previously. Okay. Xanatari is torn at this point because what she needs to do is survive long enough to bring the memories that she's accumulating back to her people so that they can collectively, um, you know, improve. And that, that's what she's here, you know, in life, I suppose, doing. Um, if she dies here without returning, uh, that will be a waste. But at the same time, um, Obviously, this looks like a great opportunity to continue to, you know, do something, you know, different. So, you know, do the people deserve to know about this threat, which they don't know about right now, um, and if she dies, won't know about? So should she go back and, and share that information or keep going, you know, continuing to, to learn more? So I think she's torn at this point, you know, what is the right thing to do? Um, so, that concludes my conversation uh, questions to separate. While uh, Xanatari is sort of turning inwards and pondering the meaning of life for her, um, uh, Cesar, seeing that she's taking a break, uh, didn't want to interrupt her, her train of thought and, and whatnot, he turns to Sabre and picking up on what she had said before, he says, uh, but... Uh, you you'd mentioned that this that we're at the center of this matter based on our 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 actions in in Winterhaven. What do you know of that, and what do you know of that in terms of it having to do with anything we're doing here? Well, she will turn back to, she will turn over to Caesar and say, "Well, that was the first place I stopped. That's where they first sent me to find answers." And after talking to the people of the village and finding additional information, you know, that's what led me on the road to the Seven Pillared Hall. Uh, that's. It just seems to me that it, it that the activity at Winterhaven seemed to be a a symptom of a, a the greater issue here, but uh, the the timing of of your actions makes it seem like. The opposite is true? That our activity there drew them out? That I can't say. Like I said, I, I wasn't involved in the initial conversations with the council. All I know is I was given orders to go, and that was the first place I went. 
um, uh, to try to find anything that I could see or find or hear. And once I arrived in Winterhaven, the, the villagers were more than willing to tell me the tale of your adventures in the keep and fighting back in the city and the jail and then ultimately what led you to leave the city to head here. So whether or not it's connected or an impetus, I don't know. That has yet to be seen. Ah. She says her shrugs and goes back to his work. <laughs> then Tar's going to go um, to the corner and ponder away from the conversation. Just I of, would... Uh, go ahead, sorry. Just out of curiosity, Sabre, um, from the in-character perspective, what does Sabre think that each other the other party's character classes are? Um, obviously, from observing some of our combat, she would think that Xanatari is some form of cleric, maybe a priest. She's not kind of decided that. The weapon is throwing her off a little bit. Um, Thorn definitely exhibits either some kind of archery or some kind of ranger skills. And then Cesar is still a mystery to her because all the mechanics and gizmos <laughs> and doodads, she's just, it's so far removed from her perspective. She, she's still trying to figure him out, but somehow it all works and she's not kind of questioning it. <laughs> okay. Because she's afraid of what she would figure out. If she didn't answer. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thorne, sorry I cut you off there. Continue, please. No, uh, I would look at Sabre again. Um, you know, and, and again push the, the, the subject of, of relics and, and ask, what kind of relics have you heard about, you know, in your, your, I guess, experience and adventures with the drow that you have come to no, you know what? What are the, the the darkest objects that you've heard of? No, so we can avoid them. <laughs> um, I'm she'll kind of say, she'll give you this bewildered squat stare. <laughs> well, I would say that's pretty much anything that has to do with loaf. And I don't know that we have all the time in the world to catalog all the evil that the drow do. <laughs> Is there be Satan? <laughs> I mean, down here, she'll, she'll sigh a little bit. She said, everything is about concealment. It's about blending in or breaking up of your of yourself and down here the the lack of light is not a hindrance to the creatures it's more of a benefit and most of the creatures down here use a form of heat vision they see patterns of heat rather than light or shadow or things of that nature and a lot of the drow carry items that allow them to conceal their heat and as much as I don't want to say this the next time we find any of them we should pay a special attention to their cloaks because that may give us a way to be concealed as we move so that's not 
being in the end of the dark is definitely not a death sentence, but there's ways that we can move as we leave that will help us on our way. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would just, uh, I would, I would nod and, and make like a mental note, um, to keep an eye out for any, any or all drow artifacts that we come across, um, weapons and, and whatnot, um, to analyze at a later date. Okay. Anyone have anything as a further follow-up that may have been brought up that they want to address? Um, the last action I'd like to do is, uh, as Xanatari is uh, turned away, I'd like to perform a, a thievery check, if I could, to slip the pendant into her uh, pouch. Okay, because I was um, worried so for a second. <laughs> rever- a reverse, a reverse pickpocket. Um, like I didn't want to give it to her in in broad view of everyone in the in the party. So I'm just going to casually clip it into her pouch. Does it have a That'll note be... with it that says "check yes" or "check no" if you like me or if you don't? <laughs> no, because that would require the ability to write. Yes. Yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> um. No, it doesn't. Uh, furthermore, I don't seem to have a pen or paper on it, and I'm not going to ask Cesar for one, because um, that would give him the satisfaction of having to watch him, me try and write. I'm sure Sabre has like 15 uh, rolls of Angel Soft toilet paper. You could ask. Yeah, it's, yeah, just um, rolls of parchment for her reports, like a full writing desk, just sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my glove will transform into a writing desk. Well, of course. It's in the armoire. Oh, so, that's right. So, Bray's lock, day one. Found a strange party. <laughs> day three. Strange wolf man keeps asking me unfortunate questions. Day four, Xanatari won't wash cups. By the way, <laughs> nobody's bothered to find out uh, Sabre's last name, which apparently is Gadget. Inspector Sabre Gadget. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Inspector Sabre. Oh, that's right. Okay. I rolled a 19 plus 14. That'll make it a 33. Okay. Uh, that is actually probably good enough given her distraction. That is there anything that you want to take out of the pouch? <laughs> no. While you're there. <laughs> While you're there. Great. No, just, any, just any put it in. Okay. Um, you put it in and you manage to arrange it and so forth. So, good job. Mm. Feeling a strange and unexpected weight. Um, <laughs> it's like 20 pounds. Because <laughs> yeah, the thing he was working on, I mean, was seriously large. It's not like a... It's not a pendant. It it's like G-Money. That was... Flame <laughs> flame. It's about that big. Yeah. I'm, Warren, can I'm you give another description? <laughs> can you give another yep. description just for this episode for people? Yes. Yes. Of course. The... Basically, it's roughly the size of, of this coin here, right? So that's probably about an inch and a half across um, in diameter. Um, it was just more so for your benefit than anyone else, um, just to see how, how large it is. So it's about an inch and a half across. Um, it's not massive. It's not like I t- picked up a, a massive geode and just carved the thing down to like a palm-sized rock. <laughs> Do me a favor, hold um, that against your chest up near your neck. 
Okay. <laughs> just, just, just checking that out. Go ahead. It's still cute. <laughs> Boy! Carry on. That's like a wonder so now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just. Santa it's not that. Not be Thorns Valentine. <laughs> it's, no, it's just no, that if that's like... a septum for uh for Skyrim, can you imagine? Nice. Like that's why I'm overburdened. Nice I'm not. It's not a pendant. Never was a pendant. I'm just saying, if that's one coin in Skyrim, this explains yeah. why my character is extremely overburdened every time I walk. No, it's because oh. you pick up everything. Yeah, well, spoons. I'm sorry. Well, if you yeah, if you if you're walking around with like 25 iron swords, and you're like, <laughs> three three war hammers and like a couple of great swords as well as like 45 Draugr bones. I have a lot of plates. <laughs> sorry. Every cheese wheel. Every cheese wheel. Yeah, I need the, the sweet rolls. Um. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just totally derailed your arm for your dead. That's all right. Um, so I, that's essentially the size. It's only about an a, a inch and a half across in diameter. Um, and so it's, it's not very big. It's, it, it just basically, you wouldn't feel too much of a, a, a weight. Um. <laughs> so I don't notice then. I don't notice. You, you wouldn't notice that there isn't too much weight. Like it would be a slightly heavy because it, you know, it is a stone and it, it is like, Encompass in in um, metal, but um, it's it's not too too heavy. It's think of it like a a token or a a trinket, something that you might carry with you, as opposed to a a pendant, something you wear. Just take enough gold to offset the weight. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm I'm not going to because I know what Zenitari can do to me if I if I do do that. I.e. fry me like a drow. Uh, uh, I don't know what you're talking Inter about. She'll interrogate me, and we all know how interrogations turn out. <laughs> hey, hey, no, hey. <laughs> so I'm standing against the wall, like looking at the wall, kind of, you know, musing on uh, what I should do here, and I feel Thorn you know, come up and, you know, stand extremely close behind me. So would you like me to roll a perception? Um, because, you know, he's kind of well-formed right now, and, uh, yeah. I thought he was in, um, human form. Well, he's in his human-slash-hairy-sasquatch oh, yeah. okay. form. Gotcha. So I'd probably feel <laughs> his well, hair brush my, up against my, me. My human form, human-slash-sasquatch form, is my human form. Oh, is it? It's, it's just a, a side effect from the, the paragon path that I chose, Crimson okay. Hunter. Okay. So, uh, do I notice, let's see, do I notice this? Do you want me, like, passive perception? I'm going to roll one. Yes, please. Passive perception, or do you want me to roll one? Roll one. Okay. Fifteen. Okay. Um, I guess... Massive it's stealth roll. Yeah. You're, uh, let's see. Thorn? You had, what, mm -hmm. a 34? A 34 thievery, yeah. Yeah. I think, Xanatari, you, you'd know that uh, he's around, and generally when he's around, things sometimes go missing, but 
I'm not trying case. to detect if he's touching me. I'm just the fact that he's really close to me. <laughs> Was this a, kind of a harassment check? <laughs> <laughs> Someone touched my ass. No. I'm calling HR. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Okay, so what do you, what what exactly are you trying to figure out aside from yes, there's the big werewolf guy behind you. It's just unusual that like he would come that close to me considering I'm far away from everyone else, just walk right by, brush against me and leave. Like I'm not like searching for the fact that he would steal something. I'm just like kind of trying to see if I've noticed this or if I'm just deep in thought and, and not paying maybe, attention. Maybe I should clarify how I did it. So um, I'd walk her over as if I was interested in what she was doing sitting all the way over here by herself um, you know, and see her basically pondering and sort of shrug and and walk off but in that in that moment you know i performed sleight of hand to to slip the um the item into into her pouch okay then i'd say that your um perception then sanitary you may hear like a small tink like um a coin hitting another coin but could be from you know okay somewhere close by you know he could just have something in his hand or or whatever but Okay, so I would ignore that then. Okay. Anything else from anyone in the party? From from where I'm sitting, do I see this going on? Would you roll a perception, please? Sure. Oh, 19 plus 16, 35. <laughs> you smelled him from 15 miles away, and then you tracked him through Jeez. scent. Yes, and but you'd actually be you'd be really impressed with the skill that um, Thorn did it with for for being a bestial kind of were creature. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. That's some damn deft work he did. Would he feel like me watching him? Do you know that? Would he see me? Kind of. Are you Thorn? Are you more worried about Xanatari finding out? Do you care if someone else sees it? Um, I would care if someone saw it because I don't want um to show any, I guess, signs of weakness in front of the party. Um, what I would what I would deem weakness, at least at, at, at some rate. Um, so I would be singing taunting songs. Yeah, none of the. <laughs> Sitting in a tree because I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> um, so I, I would be, it'd be like a double-edged concern. I'd be concerned about Zanatari finding out, but then again, she's going to know who it came from anyway. Um, uh, so I guess less worried about Zanatari finding out than than Sabray. So um, so if if Sabray saw, then I would have to. Kill Either her. disguise what I was doing or kill him. Yes. <laughs> would, would you? Would, would, <laughs> kill him. Kill you know too much. <laughs> Thorn, would you be okay then if Sabre saw you pocket something but didn't see what was pocketed? Yeah, I mean it would maintain it would maintain the 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 aspect that I am. A no good, dirty, rotten scoundrel. Okay. Um, Sabre, you you have not been in the massive pickpocket loot fests of the party so far, so you don't have that sort of history. But you swear that 
Thorn walking by was more than just Thorn walking by, but you couldn't see what was either taken or put into what you presume to be a pouch or pocket. Okay. But there was there was definitely some sort of really good uh, uh, work there. Okay. She'll kind of watch Thorn for a minute, think about it, and then slightly shrug and go back to what she was doing. Okay. I'm so curious about the fact that we have a giant barrier in front of our camp. Um, and I assume I'm still wearing the ring that caused it. Yes, and by the way, uh, did you want to go out and find Fluffy, or are you... Oh, no, I was just trying to see if if... Fluffy was separated from the barrier if he was on the other side. So, no, I don't need to see that now, but I do you want to him to determine... Your, you have to poke your head out the, the the other doorway. Okay, well, it doesn't matter now that Thorn's back. Okay. All right. Um, so there was that question, and then you had a question about the ring or the barrier. Well, I'm just... I'm wearing the ring, and I, I made the association, I assume, that the barrier's here because I put the ring on, because it happened at the same moment. So, uh... I guess as a form of experimentation, I would take the ring off and look at the barrier. Okay. You take the ring off, and there is mm, a couple moments where the barrier remains. You still have the... I, I guess it would be the the engine driving it would be the sense of protection. So would you feel by taking this off that potentially you would be less protected? Um, well, considering that the barrier is down a, a hallway that goes nowhere, I would feel like the barrier is not positioned in a way that protects me anyway. Uh, let me, let me clarify that the, the passageway that it goes down continues further down, but, what the barrier is doing is when you walk through it and you turn around, it looks like there's a dead end. Oh, it's it's projecting there's an image that there's a dead end. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was actually, there was a branch off like outside and it was right in front of the dead end. And I was like, oh. But you don't, you haven't looked out the other door to see if the barrier does go out that way. But there's at least... From what you can see, it seems that the room is covered with this sheen of a barrier and one of the passageways that you are visibly haven't visibly inspected so far is protected. Okay. Um, at this point, I'm just trying to determine if the ring is linked to the barrier. So, yes, I would still like the protection aspect, but I want to I want to try to make it go away so I can see if, if they're connected. Okay. Uh, removing the ring, there's a couple moments where the barrier remains, and then it starts to melt away. At the same time, you start to hear from down the passage the sound of something dragging against stone. Xanatari, take us out. Thank you for listening. You can find out more at DeathD4Dishonor.com. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Twitter at DeathD4. Please take a listen to the Gray Area Podcast about advice and interviews and relationships between gamers at Genesee.com or SignalsMedia.com. Uh, stay tuned for next week as we continue our travels and join us for our worldwide adventure. 
This podcast is a part of the Signals Media All-Star Network. For more information on this and other fine shows, go to SignalsMedia.com. It's okay to stick our stuff in your ears. Really? Can we just pause for a sec here? Because I need to go get something. Hold on. He has an actual no pendant. No one gave him permission. No, they didn't. <laughs> this is going to be great audio when he comes with a visual aid. <laughs> he's, got, yeah. he's got, no, I've got a really big gold pendant. Let me get that for you. <laughs> okay. Meanwhile, we'll look at his like bri- Star Trek bridge chair. If he comes back with a giant gold clock, I'm out of here. <laughs> nice. I'm in forever if he does. Yeah, uh, I, I, we got to queue up some NWA. Hmm. Doesn't doesn't feel like it's been 50 minutes. It feels like it's been a lot longer, but that that outage was. Yes, I just like that. Good or is that bad? <laughs> He's like, it feels like five hours. No, I, I thought you were about like, worst like, party ever. It's only been an hour, but it's, it's because we haven't had combat. Every time we play, there's like, you know, mostly yeah. combat. We, this is the first time we've actually had a camp the entire campaign. So, uh, <laughs> okay, I, I so seemed like it was like two hours. <laughs> I'm going to be showing off a little bit, but this will probably give you a rough side. This is this. Uh, I have a, an actual septum from Skyrim there. It's very um, dark. Tilt it towards uh, the window. Tilt it. Tilt it towards tilt. the window. For for those uh. in Radio Land, uh, Thorn, okay. would you like to give? These- oh no, this is all getting edited, so don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, okay, so um, 